guys, we are back. Welcome to another episode of More Than a Title. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, and this is the last episode of 2022, man. So I just want to thank everybody for their continued love, the continued support. We're growing week over week. And also, man, I hope everybody had a happy holidays, man. I, I had a great holiday, man. I hope everybody did the same, was around people they loved, enjoyed, man, and uh, looking forward to a 2023 because we about to tear shit up this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... So I wanted to end this off, man. I'm so glad I got this brother to join today, man, because I've been a fan of this brother for a while. I think I've been connected with you for about a while, for about at least a year or two now. And everything you said speaks to me, especially right now from the recruiting standpoint. I'm going to be real with you, Jermaine. I hate the recruiting process. I hate recruiters. You're the only one I like. Bro. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to go through the story and tell you what it is. But for those who are not familiar with Jermaine, this brother is – one has built up an incredible following on social media, specifically on LinkedIn. This brother's continuously giving out information about, you know, how to scale or how to get that next job in tech, specifically for black professionals. Um, and he's been killing it, man. He's been on featured on places, publications like Forbes, many others. Um, he's built up a huge community. And I'm just excited to have this brother in here about his journey. So let's introduce Mr. Jermaine, the job father Murray, brother. How are you, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Thank you for having me on the show. Thank, thank you for, for joining, bro. It's, it's, it's an honor. It's a pleasure, man. How, how was your holidays and all that? It was good. It was good. I had some really good food. You know, I'm still trying to, like, uh, work off the itis uh, that I had. Like, there you I, go. <laughs> I, had a, had a bit of, uh, had a, I just woke up from a nap not too long ago because of that, that, those leftovers, like, slowing down my blood and everything. But I've been here. Thanks too, brother. Same, I, same thing. I woke up from a nap, bro. I'm, I'm getting old, bro. I'm 34. I'm, fe- I'm feeling it, man. Need my little two-hour power nap. But, bro, man, let, let, let's start from the top, man, because, you know, for anybody who's first time listening, more than a title is a show that's different from your traditional shows, man. We don't want to do the, t- the typical tips and tricks and how do you do this and that. I'm more interested in the stories and the journeys of the people that we're speaking to because we're all more than a title, right? And that's is more valuable gems and lessons than that. So with, with that said, bro, let's start from the top, man. Like, how, how did you get into the industry and, and how did what led you into recruitment? I wanted a free PlayStation. <laughs> Kept it real. I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, I went. To, you know what? It's, it's I. I had what's called. I had like a non-linear background because, mm-hmm. um, like, ten years ago when I graduated. Yeah, about like 10, 11 years ago when I graduated school, I went to school for broadcasting. I was trying to be on the radio for sports, and mm-hmm. I had. Um, I actually managed to get like a part-time job at SiriusXM, co-hosting mm-hmm. one of their shows, and it was great for six months, and then like. They, they canceled the show. So uh, it was rough. So I was trying to, I was trying to get back into like the radio side of things. And um, I was, I, I used to tell people that like, you know, the same way that you would hear about actors waiting tables or doing like these small jobs until like they caught their big break. I kind of like approached it like that. So yeah. I was working any and all jobs that I could to sustain myself, but also trying to like get back into like break back into that radio industry. So, you know, after like years of trying, I I found myself working at an enterprise uh, with a a rental car place. And I had a really bad day because I just, you know, I was dealing with customers and like dealing with someone that was a jerk and it was a struggle, (laughs) man. It was, it was awful. Like they'd be making me, making you clean cars and suits and everything. And it was, it was nasty, man. So uh, I remember after a particularly like challenging customer, I said to myself, I, you know, if it's not radio, what's one thing that you want to do that, you know, you, that you can like actually like be happy to wake up in the morning and not like have to 
deal with crap like this. Yeah. So um, I said to myself, I'd like to play video games or work around video games. And, you know, that's when I was like, all right, let me go see, like, you know, it would be nice. I was saying to myself, you know, I, I just, I just like, I like fought tooth and nail and like, like a bloody war to get like a PlayStation 4. And I said to myself, it would be nice that by the time the PS5 drops, I can just get one for free. So like, you know, I'd like to work in games or at least like around games or like, let me work for PlayStation because like yeah. when it drops, I won't have to do the Hunger Games to get a PlayStation because they, they just give me one. But um, I didn't get, I ended up working at PlayStation. So I still had to do the Hunger Games shit. To get PlayStation <laughs> um, but I went on PlayStation's website and I looked at like, you know, jobs that focused on talking and I came across a, a job posting for a senior recruiter and I realized I could do everything that I was asking. Um, I just need like the actual recruitment experience. So I was like, I bet let me get five years of recruiter experience, apply for a job at PlayStation and like things should work out. And that's kind of how I came across recruitment. And I was like, I'll be a recruiter. And I I went, I got my first job at an agency and kind of just worked my way up there. I didn't get the job at PlayStation, but I got the career. That's it, man. That's what matters, bro. And for, first of all, I love the story. The fact it was like, yo, PlayStation, this is what I wanted to do. And I think we've all had that conversation, bro. I think we've all, at some point in our careers, like, what the, what the hell am I doing, bro? This shit is whack. <laughs> this is this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, what am I doing? The money ain't that good. I'm stressed the F out. And I got to make a pivot, bro. And then you found the pivot going for something that you love to do. But then you kind of snuck in the back door. And my, my story is kind of similar, bro. It's like the I was a waiter. You know, I was a waiter working at Starbucks, barista. Somebody told me to sell them a pencil straight out of Wolf of Wall Street. Next thing you know, I'm doing digital sales, bro. And, and, and you know, going into it that way, bro. But what, what was the hardest or what was the biggest challenge about recruiting, bro? Because right now, we all know what's going on with the industry, bro. It's a shit show. You know what I mean? A lot of tech companies. And I feel bad for the black professionals that just got their first start in the tech. I know a lot. They got their first inception in the tech. And three, four months later, they're like, yo, what the hell happened? Like, I, I, I didn't even get a good, I didn't get a fair shake, man. So with that being said, brother, like what, what are some of the challenges in, in, in recruiting right now? And what tips could you give to other black professionals right now that are still searching and looking for that next opportunity? I think overall, like with recruitment, the biggest, the biggest challenge right now is just like a lot of people have like reduced their hiring. So yeah. like for a lot of recruiters, it's just like being able to just keep their jobs has become like a, a whole new challenge or justifying it because some companies like the first, like I was working for, I was working full time up until this, up until June um, mm. that pushed me into being a full-time entrepreneur because I got laid off. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, you know, a lot of companies when they're doing cuts, the first people to go are the recruiters. Right. right. So it, that was like one of the, the bigger challenges right now in this kind of market um, with regards to generally speaking outside of like the whole job security thing right now, I would say the hardest thing about being a recruiter is ironically enough, convincing somebody to take the job. Uh, yeah. Like usually, usually it works out like you'll, you'll, you'll filter and like screen and like, you know, qualify like this different people. And like, you know, you, you, in a lot of ways you act as a gatekeeper, but yeah. when, it, what happens when you find somebody that you want, Right um it turns out like it can be hard to like convince them to take the offer because usually they have, they're dealing with other offers on the table right yeah. so um it might not be as hard right now because of the market but like uh if you asked me like six months ago i would have been i would have said like you know just competing with like 
other giants that are hiring, like the Metas or the the Amazons, right? Yeah. It's still like challenging because like there's still people that are hiring, like there's still good money being thrown around. So that's still kind of like a challenge, yeah. but like it's it's a complex answer. Yeah, not for sure, bro. I, I think my one one thing I do like about recruiters is that I understand your process because you guys are sales. You have to understand people and really understand people and what they're trying to get to and what makes them tick and what they're really looking for in order to make it happen. Similar to sales. If I want to be able to close this SaaS product with you, I need to know your problems inside and out. I need to know what you're looking for, what's your KPIs, all that good stuff. And then you're just doing that from a people sense. What I don't like about recruiters, I hate the simple rudimentary process. Like I'll get on with a recruiter, bro, and it'd be like, yo, hey, Jay, um, yeah, so your profile was impressive, and I really think you're good for this role. And da da da. So I get on the phone. It's like, yeah. So what was it about my profile that was impressive? You can't tell me shit. And if you're just spraying and praying, that's totally fine. But it pisses me off because I've got three years worth of content. That all you have to do is go click on my profile and see what I'm doing to see what I'm like to see what I'm looking to accomplish. You could clearly see that I'm creating content around this role, around social media. I'm helping people do X, Y, Z. I'm doing the podcast all things that could be a benefit to an organization. And then you'll get on the phone and ask me like, Hey, uh, do you know how to prospect? Like, what the hell are you, are you talking about? Man? Do I know how to prospect? I just had the, the owner of the Washington nationals on my show. Like, do I know how to prospect? Like, so it's little stuff like that and going through that process. And then I have to tell you my story. Then after I tell you my story, you send it to somebody else. And then you know how stories are. You tell it to the next person, it's going to be not the same feel. It's not going to be the same thing. And it's based off somebody else saying yeah or nay, based on what's put on a piece of paper. Yeah. And I, that's the process that I can't stand. I tell this to recruiters, and it's like, well, this is, this is what I have to do. Well, try to get to know me first. Because if I don't, you don't build a relationship with me, you ain't going to get the clothes anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you're, you're, you're totally right. And I'm, that's kind of like how why I approach my recruitment philosophy the, the way that I do. And like mm-hmm. um, my company and I, like we, we focus on helping black people get jobs specifically. Yeah. And um, I'm not that I'm immune to that sort of issue that you're having, but like um, the chances of me kind of having the, that kind of communication or that kind of uh, impression on somebody is pretty low because we're a mission driven organization. So like, you yeah. know, when I reach out to somebody, um, if that's from our community, like the, their success is like one of the, is one of the big things for us. Like, you know, we, like I, I approach recruitment from like a servant, servant leadership type of aspect of like, what can we do for you? Like, like, exactly. like you, like, I, like on the, on the basis that like, you know, we are both from the same community and there ain't a lot of us in this space. Right. We already got a connection. So like you asking me, so if you were asking me like, yo, what about my profile makes you impressed? I tell you like, shit, Larry, there aren't a lot of like really like high level digital sales people like in your space right now. The fact that you're you in your space, I want to A, figure out what I could do to catapult you forward, right? Because my, because my goals, my goals, like for me, it's like a clear communication of what I want. Like, you yeah. know. In the in the immediate, we're we're trying to have like we're we're trying to get to five hundred people that we've helped. So if we can help you, we can count that towards our numbers. Um, sure. And we also want to figure out how we can get more people like you in the door. So yeah. it's like you know we, we help you. Maybe you can help us by opening up the door for somebody down the line. We can also count that against our numbers, right? So if you were to ask me like, yo, what's what about my profile made you impressed? I'd be like, yo, you a black man in your space doing what you do, like. 
I like I already know that you 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 know what I'm saying I already know that you 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 kind of already going through it like you have to be you like you everyone I, I was I was having this conversation with somebody I was like this might be a bit of like a controversial or a hot take but like every single black person I know is 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 overqualified for their job at the level that they're at because mm-hmm. we always gotta do like mm-hmm. twice as much to get half as much so like you yeah. know what I'm saying like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if like when I was when I was when I was when I was uh when I first got recruit my recruiter job like I had years and I had like good like eight ten years of sales experience right yeah I was, like running a branch of like run, of, like running a team doing PL you know running my own resume creation service like I had like a lot on my like when I look back when I still when I got started I'm like me now would have would have had an easy time getting me back then uh, like their first recruitment job because I had so yeah. much to work with and like some of the people that some of my peers in my first recruitment job like they they weren't coming where I was coming from right exactly. yeah you know and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with I'm not trying to hate on their journey or anything but like I was dealing with KPIs and I was dealing with like million dollar revenues right and I was mm-hmm. dealing with like being being held accountable for that. So like and, and like some of the other people that I was working with, like they just either got fresh out of school or like this is this was their first big adult job. Like, yeah, I remember um, one of the one of the people I got hired with. Right. Um, she was she was just like a, a server. Right. No yeah. real sales experience at all. She was like, I think servers are great servers have to balance a lot of different things, especially like with the customer interaction side. Totally saw the transferable skills. But yep. like the amount of pushing and struggling I had to do to like prove that I would be like I had the good transferable skills was crazy in comparison to like some of these like some of the people from other backgrounds where it was just yes. like they yes. were more willing to give them a shot. And it's from that space, like anytime I've talked to a black professional, right? There's always some sort of artificial ceiling above them at the workplace that they're at that that makes me say like, you know, most of the black people that you see, they're overqualified for the jobs that they have relative to their peers, whether that they have more experience, more accolades, right. Yeah. right? Or more revenue or more KPIs under their belt, but they're not getting this, the advance with the same speed as their peers. Right. Yeah. So, so true. you know, when I see a black person in this space and you know, you, if I reach out to you and you're like, yo, how did you like, what about my profile impressed you? I'm going to tell you that there aren't a lot of people in the space that look like us. Right. And I already know that you probably have had challenges or examples or feelings that, you know, you're not, your, your, your opportunities aren't coming at the same pace as your peers in your space. Like maybe you see someone, you saw someone with like less, less accolades, right. Or less, less, less wins or achievements get a promotion that you thought you deserved, right? Yeah, been through uh, that. I know you've been through that. Yes, sir. You know the deal. <laughs> Still waiting on it. Still. I know you've been through that. And it's like, you know, if I can, um, I know exactly what that's like. If I could put you in touch with an opportunity that's going to get you, give you something closer to the respect that you deserve, are you really not going to talk to me? That's That's real talk. That's real talk, man. But how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that when you're dealing with an organization? Now that you have your own business, you kind of have the free, you know, the free range to do what you want. But when you're in an organization, how do you balance that out to get the perfect candidate? But also with your purpose, what you want to do is get more black professionals in the industry. So how do you balance that out, bro? 
I had a, I actually had a lot of trouble balancing out because I used to, I just, I've just always been vocal about it from a recruitment standpoint. So like yeah. anyone that's ever hired me, they already know that I have an agenda, right? It's like, Bro. you know, my, um, the, the place that, that, that laid me off in June, I got nothing but good things to say about them. And I understand it was just a business deal, but I, I loved working at that place because they, they got it when it came to like DEI or when it came to like hiring black people. Like, like the manager, my first, ma- my would-be manager asked me, you know, um, in our first interview, she asked me if I, what kind of questions I had for them. And I asked her, I told her, you know, if you hire me, I'm going to try and double the amount of black people that work here. Um, do you have a problem with that? Are you going to get in the way? Or are you going to help me? Right. Yeah. And she's like, well, can, what can I do to help? And they, they did everything that they could to help in terms of like helping me advocate, helping me get more, more attention. Um, just being more willing to hire people from like communities that I, I put them in touch with. And I really, really like that. Right. So yeah, that like, that, like for me on like the corporate side for like, for me, it's always been trying to like identify companies that are value aligned. Right. Yeah. And telling that, them that from the start. And some of them will tell you like, yo, that, that, that's awesome. That's what we're about. Others yeah. will be like, yeah, not like others will be like, um, yeah, we're okay with that. And then in practice, you see them start like, yeah, you know, telling you to chill or trying to hold back. So, um, you, to me, that to answer your question, you guys got to be as vocal as possible with what your values are and what your intentions are. And you also have to be willing to remove yourself by getting, by putting yourself either a new team or a new employer, um, and making sure that you're always surrounded or connected with people that share or that appreciate that same vision. Yeah, that that's so real, brother. And I, you know, the issue I also have too, and I love the fact that you're very vocal about it in, in your organization that you're with. I never hear it reversed. Mm-hmm. I've never heard a white recruiter say, "I'm trying to get more white candidates involved or more right white candidates hired." I've never heard that, but we know that's a thing, mm-hmm. right? And there's a very small. I, I've I've been out of the job market for since like August, bro. I've spoken to at least fifty companies. I've spoken to one black recruiter during the process. To the point where now I feel like I'm being shunned out the industry. I'll give you an analogy. I know you'd respect this, but I feel like Kemba. I feel like Kemba Walker. Knees are still good. I will cross your ass up. You know what I'm saying? And hit this 30-foot on your ass. And I've got the accolades to prove it. We won the college thing. We got this. I got millions of impressions. They Remember back in the day when recruiters used to ask you, what was your black book of business? Like, who can you sell to right now? My black book is looking better than it's ever looked because of the things we've done, you and I, on personal branding, how we build in our community. Anybody else I feel like that would have done the same thing that I'm doing right now would be heralded and would be seen as a commodity to the organization and seen as valuable. What I get usually, bro, it's, wow, you did all of that? Um, well, we're how we do it here, Jared, is we do sales a very specific way. <laughs> and it's like, yo, fam, I just closed $2.2 million without an email or a cold call. You should be asking me, how can we scale this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the question. And that's the problem that I have with the recruiting process. I'll sit there and be like, yeah, well, I just did this. I got a podcast to do this. Uh, I end up creating a podcast in order to drive sales to the point where I created an inbound engine for the organization that when they come in, they say, hey, I found you guys from the podcast. And guess what? When you raise your hands to talk to sales, you're talking to me. So imagine what that one-to-one level connection of sales is like. So now it's like, damn, I've been following you. I love Jared's stuff. And I get to talk to you. Now I really want to do business with you. And we created that whole model. But you bring that to other organizations, bro, it's just like 
flat, you know what I mean, deaf ears. It's like I, I've spoken to CEOs that just hear it, and, and some of them even think it's arrogance. And it's like, nah, fam, it's not arrogant to say that I'm looking at your profile right now. you got 2,000 views, 2,000 followers of connections. You're the CEO. You're the voice. I've got eight times that. And how can we utilize that to better to better drive sales and revenue for the organization? Those aren't the conversations that are being had. So it's to the point now where I have to create my own agency and just do what I have to do. You know what I mean, bro? So I, I just wish it was more transparency on both sides. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if we got somebody like Jermaine saying, like, yo, look, man, I'm trying to get more black professionals in this space because we know there's a lack of a lack of black, you know, black hires being put into the Googles, the Amazons, the Metas, and all these other places. So how do we how do we balance the scale? But then on the other side, if you ask that, it's like shit, you're not supposed to ask. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know you said that. And that and that's the big issue, bro. So I'm curious with you, like. What would you tell a black professional? We actually had this conversation last week with Andre Gray. Shout out to my bro. And we talked about playing the game. What are your thoughts of playing the game in 2022? What would you say to the young professional that's like me and you that's 21 years old? He's hip hop. He does everything. But he's like, man, I want to break into tech, but I want to be myself. What advice would you give to that brother? Lead with being yourself. Um, I think there's enough opportunities within tech where companies are value driven to attract anybody from any background so like you can only like set especially as like a black person like it may take you a bit longer to find the right opportunity but you're always better off finding the right opportunity by leading by who who you are and being yourself say take it take it from a guy that like agreed to like play like play up a like a role or like a duality of himself in order to like get a paycheck it always ends in like tragedy in terms of like you're you find you realize you're in a spot that doesn't deserve you or you realize you're in a toxic situation yeah, because yeah. you got people that are pushing you to be like what you're not right from a personal standpoint um and it's never worth it because you either find yourself quitting pre, like quitting prematurely or you find yourself in like a super 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 toxic environment that you need to separate from so yeah. um i always say like lee would just being yourself right look for companies that like make a list of like what your values are that you would like to share with your employer and look for companies that have those same values, whatever discussions that you're in lead with those values, lead with those, lead with those principles and see who is aligned with it. Right. The people that don't make the conversation tense or uncomfortable, fuck with what you're trying to do. Fuck with your vision. Those are the people that you need to continue having conversations with the people that don't will tense up, conversation will get awkward and they'll, they'll, they'll try to like indirectly directly move the conversation past that point without without you noticing that they're moving the conversation on without talking about that point so yeah. you know what i'm saying so be be like the, the best thing that you could do is to lead with that especially if it's important to you like if yeah. your identity in the workplace is important to you and is a crucial element of you being comfortable in the workplace you need to learn you need to leave you need to like to lead with that right yeah. um and so I'm curious too, bro, to piggyback off of that. Have have that moment happened to you, bro? Because it happened to me. Like you, you can see the past three years, bro. Before the three years I was working at an agency, it was play the game. I had my button up, I had my wingtips, the cognacs, I had a phone voice, I had an office voice, I had a communal work voice. <laughs> you know the vibes. And once I cut it off, is when things started to really take off for me, bro. So it's very hard to say that right off the right off the right off the bat. 
or to be yourself when you feel like you don't have the leverage to do so? Yeah, yeah, I find myself in that position. And uh, the funny thing is, is that you you don't realize you have the leverage, but you always have the leverage. If mm. you're willing to like leave, quit, you know, move on from a place because they're not treating you right, you always have the leverage. And Fact. back in like 2019, 2018, I changed jobs three times. Because the first time I changed the jobs, because I asked for a raise, because I had an artificial ceiling. I asked for a raise. They wouldn't give me a raise. So I left. Right. And the place that I left that the first organization for to the next one, the next one was was toxic. Like they they I was on the phone. I was because I was a 360 agency recruiter. So I was doing in addition to the recruiting, I was also doing the business development. And they would hear me on my business development calls and they would they they hear me do a call and they, they, they told me to hang up. They brought me in an office and they they were trying to like bully me into not talking black. They're like, you need to stop talking like that. I'm like, talking like what? Talking like like urban. And um it was nasty, man. I was like, Oh man. By 19, this was like four days after my grandmother died, which I'll never forget. Uh it was my fourth day on the job. The Raptors just won the the, the championship, right? So we were, we were trying to figure out whether or not Kawhi was going to stay. Right? <laughs> I, I remember this very vividly, right? Yeah. I remember I was like, I was like, these motherfuckers really took me into an office to say, don't talk black, talk like Bob. I'm like, I'm not Bob. I'm Jermaine. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, you know what you're getting. Like, this is like, we, like y'all niggas interviewed me. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all niggas interviewed me. Like, I, I was talking like this during the fucking interview. So, <laughs> love it. Love that. And then what happened from there, bro? So like, it was just a rap. He was like, "Nah, I can't do it." But, like the 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 the. It, I was like, "I right, this is a toxic workplace." But like, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm being a bit premature. Like, it's only the fourth day. By day seven, they were trying to like convince me to break my non compete with my former agency, and they were like, "Oh, don't worry." If they uh, if they send legal at you, we got your back. And I was like, yeah. Hit him with the doctor. Right. (laughs) So I was like, I need to get the fuck up out of here. And I started interviewing. And uh, I so I'm in Toronto right now. I'm born and raised Toronto. Um, At that point in my life, I was like, I can't see myself leaving Toronto. I, I can't see I can't see myself you know, moving away from Toronto, like I want to, this is my city, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to get out of this job, but I was also trying to have my cake and eat it where I like this, my salary was still going up. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like have to like leave behind a higher salary. So I was like trying to look at my options and eventually it led me to applying outside, outside of my comfort zone and getting a job in Montreal, which is the French plate, French part of Canada, Yeah. right? I don't speak French. I ain't never been to Montreal before, but I got a job that paid me the most money I've ever seen in my life. And I said, fuck it. I have like, I was like, the worst thing that could happen is like, I'll just pack my car and just drive back. Right. Yeah. So I took that job and I ended up at a, at a really good spot um, after that job. So it was like, you know, like, and I only stayed like two, two, three months at that employer. So like, I thought it was, I thought it'd be weird. I thought it'd be like a, like a, like a barrier or people be like, yo, why are you leaving this employer? But like, mm-hmm. I was just honest. I was like, our values are, are totally misaligned. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, and like, because I took that position, 
I was able to flip the conversation and the leverage and the dynamic of the conversation with the companies I was interviewing for. You know, I'm in a spot where there's a clash in terms of culture. It doesn't align with my values. These are my values. Do you align with them? And if you don't, we can end the conversation right here. And like, I'll tell you, I have a good day and we can just go about our business. And if it does, we can explore the conversation. But if you don't align with what I, with with what I, with what I say is important, I'm exercising my power in this dynamic to end the conversation because you ain't worth my time. Right. Totally feel you on that. The amount of niggas that, that tripped over themselves to fucking tell me how like they were DEI folks or how they like welcomed, like I didn't at different identities, different people. Like, when you flip it and you're like, from a value standpoint, like, yo, do you align with these values, these clear cut values? What, what it's a yes or no question. Yeah. Do yeah. you fucking do, you fucking don't. And if you don't, then we don't need to talk. Right. Problem, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm never like, everyone has different situations. Everyone has, isn't it? If it's in different circumstances, I look at things in the short and the long term concurrently. Right. Sometimes you got to take a job that's not ideal because your needs dictate that you take that job, right? Yeah. But if you know that the situation isn't ideal, you always have to have your eye on the exit, right? For sure. And that is, that is when you will never lose leverage and just mastering the art of finding a new job and being willing to pull the trigger, right? Because if somebody's not treating you the way you need to be treated, fuck them. So true, bro. But I, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna be the devil's advocate too, bro. Because I'm not sure how you know how it works in New York. So if it goes in New York, if I take a job right now, if I accept the offer, I work for one week, and if I quit, I'm not eligible for unemployment. So for most people, that's gonna be a tough one, so especially whatever your needs. Are, everybody's situation is different. So if I go in there, and we've had, we I know you've heard this before, where you have those good conversations in the room before you sign the offer, and then when you get there, it's a totally different story. It's a bait and switch. You thought you was cool with the Jerry, you said you was okay with the hat, and now you pulled me into the room, said you don't want me talking urban, and then, you know what I'm saying, and like, and those things happen, and that's a difficult situation to be in when you feel like you need that job and then and having a way out well shit do i go and look for another job that might take a month or two how do i how do i keep my family above there you know what i mean how i can stay above water or do i stay in a toxic ass environment that's going to end up ultimately messing with my mental well-being you know what i'm saying both yeah. like, ideally ideally like ideally you don't you don't leave the job like you could be, you could get a new job, and within the first week, you'd be like, "I need to get the fuck up out of here." All right, fine, yeah. Pull the pull the trigger. Don't like. I'm not saying quit your job. Yeah, yeah. Without for sure. having something lined up, I'm just saying at the first signs of trouble, do not delude yourself into not applying because you just started. Pull the trigger. Start applying. Right. Yeah. Because if because things are fucked up in the first week, they're gonna be fucked up in the tenth week. Right. Facts. So. Like, do yourself a favor and pull the trigger and get out of there, but hold on to the job as long as you can. Now, the only time I tell people to quit a job before they have another one lined up is what I like to call this the train test, right? Mm-hmm. The environment that I just that I just mentioned that I was in where they're like, yo, we don't want you talking black. Yeah. I remember I remember I was on a train going to work. I caught myself crying in the mirror because I fucking hated my life. Wow. And I was like, I was in like in a really dark place. I was saying, you know, and I'm like, if a job fucks with your mental health so much that you're bawling on the train or that you're dreading work 
or that you're looking for any opportunity to take a bathroom break because like these people are driving you crazy, then it might be in your best interest for the sake of your sanity to quit that job. Right. Yeah. Because the emotional like trauma that you're, you're putting yourself through, like it's not going to be worth it. Right. Yeah. Obviously, obviously you only, you know, to the point where the money does not equate to the, to, like to the, to the actual emotional stress that you're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their breaking point. Ideally, though, if you see shit that's fucked up in week one, you know, don't play yourself in thinking that by week 52, it's going to be different. Right. Pull that trigger. Start applying. Don't worry about, oh, I just started here. Right. If it's under a month, don't even add them to your resume. Anyone ask what you were doing that last month? You were traveling. That's you were it. Your grandma. Right. Tell niggas, I tell niggas like I was in England. My grandma. What was this? Like, I don't even know if anyone still asks for gaps in like, like no one should be asking for gaps during like COVID or like this, this, this like situation we're going through. But if I, if I had it, if like, like, like when I was at that new job, that, that toxic place, I had two months. Um, I had two months. So I like, I added them on my resume, but I expected people to ask like, why are you, why are you walking out? And like that turned into like a point of strength for me. Right. In some aspects, I, I, I probably wouldn't have added them to my resume and just told people, like, I'm just taking a break, right? right? Or I've just been doing skill development or I've just been doing consulting, consulting right? Yeah. But there are so many different ways around it. But, like, yeah, like, don't – this is what I mean by, like, taking agency and having power in your situation. As long as you're able to – like, as long as you're, you're able and willing to exercise the option of cutting people the fuck out of your life, you will always have power. That's real, man. That's it's real, at bro. will employment, right? It's at will employment. It goes both ways. That's real, bro. That's real, bro. And I would love before because I want to I want to talk about your journey, bro. The, the, uh, how you got started on LinkedIn. But before we do, bro, I would love for you to just go over because you brought up a great point. What are some red flags that we can give to other professionals out now that are looking for jobs? What are some red flags that they may catch on an interview that you hear often that they should look out for? If you try to negotiate salary and they get pissed at you for negotiating salary, especially if it's like mm-hmm. the first first counter offer, red flag. Um, if they tell you that this is a politics free environment, <laughs> red fucking flag, scarlet flag. Um, if they say, "Yo, we're a family," red flag. <laughs> Stars and stripe, red flag, red flag. Like it's it's it's, it's red flag. Um, if they say shit like, um, if they say shit like, you know, we're a hybrid environment, but you got to be at the office more than three days a week, red flag. Red flag. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. I'm to, you named all the major ones I would think of for sure. The family yeah. one for sure. Can't stay in the family one. The hybrid, obviously. Uh, I, I hate when we have a great diverse culture. I hate when they say that. It's like, what, what does that actually mean? Can I come in there and be myself and all that? We know I can't. Um, what other? It's so many, man. It's so it's so many red flags. I also look. I also tell people to look at leadership. Yeah. Look look at leadership and and really try to get some FaceTime with leadership. The CEO. I will look at what they're doing. Go Google them. See if there's any bad press on them. See how they're conveying their message out to the public. Go on LinkedIn and all those things, right? Because 
that's the main thing for me. I want to know who I'm working with. I want to know who I'm dealing with. Like you said earlier, I want to know if you're aligned with my missions and things of that nature. Right. And then just like for CEOs right now is I got to trust you, man. Yeah. I, I got to really trust you with my no, because it, it, this is an opportunity for a lot of people. There's a renaissance. I'm going to tell the audience. Right. It's like you have a chance right now to be a consultant right now. Consulting work is at an all time high. And there's going to be so many solopreneurs being started and created out of this. There's going to be so many people that have to start this. And you're going to see a shift in the agency world. You're going to see a shift in consultancy. You're going to see a shift in a lot of different fabrics of business, right? And this is an opportunity for you to either, one, play the game and continue that or create a sustainable lifestyle for your family and your future. Is it going to be hard? Hell yeah. I'm telling you right now, y'all, it's hard as hell. But develop your relationships. If you develop your relationships, and really just, you know, like I said, know your worth, know your strengths and play into that. You're going to be solid. And which which led me into with the leaders into the, to the LinkedIn stuff, too, bro. So, like, what what, what started your journey there, man? Because did you just stumble on it like I did, bro? Because I, I stumbled on this shit. I was like, bro, I, I won't tell you the whole story. But my CEO at the time, I asked him how we get sales. He's yeah, he's like, yeah, through referrals and stuff like that. I do a lot of content on Twitter. He had 50,000 followers. Bing, red light, light bulb went off. You on Twitter? Cool. And you got this multi-million dollar agency. You stay there. I'm going to go on LinkedIn. I had no clue to reach what it was. It was. I just went simple. Like, yeah, that's where the business folks are. Let's figure it out. And then we just took off, bro. Was it similar to you? And when did you realize it wasn't like the LinkedIn of 2010? Um, You know what? It, it's it's so like a lot of like a lot like I would say like my branding or like my my social media strategy started on Twitter, too. Um, I built up a really good following on Twitter and like, it was, it was like powering a lot of like my coaching side of the business. Uh Um, So I was like, I was like, I'll I'll like, just like post some of the same shit, like some of the tweets that are successful on, on Twitter and on like LinkedIn and just see like, what's good. Um, I don't really like, I don't like my whole thing is authenticity at this point. Like I, like I was like, I don't know if I, if I ever work for somebody again. They they need to know like what they're getting or who they're getting. Cause I'm not I'm not trying to do this key key ha ha bullshit anymore. Like I'm, I'm like I'm 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 over it. I'm tired of it. Right. So a lot of my stuff on my Twitter is just me just being real. And I was like, a lot of people put on for like LinkedIn. I'm not gonna put on for LinkedIn. I'm just gonna like gonna say what I say. And if you know if motherfucker wants to fight me over it, they can fight me over it. Like I, I'm I'm cool with that. Like. I'm from Scarborough. Like I got, I like, I got jumped. I got jumped like almost every day of my life. Like you, like, I'm, I got jumped almost every day of my life. I'm, I come from a Jamaican household. Like some, some dude on on LinkedIn is not gonna scare me, right? Mm-hmm. So like, oh, what if you like stifle your career? It's like I don't, I don't like honestly. Like if, like my girl like makes this joke where she calls me like you know Jermaine X or Malcolm Jermaine, like. <laughs> Cause I'll, I'll start like she'd be like oh she, she like well I'll start like to start like talking about like you know black people advancement and like we need to get more of us in this space. I will walk into like the hair store and I'll be like, man, I wish more black people own like hair hair salons and hair products. Like hair stores were like where where people were getting like the hair and shit because we're, we're we're customers but we're never the suppliers. Yeah. And then she'd be like, nigga, I just want to buy my hair. I don't need the activist right now. I'm like, like, babe, I'm just saying. She's like, nigga. (laughs) Nah, bro. We don't need, we don't need, I need to have a dream right now. Just chill. Right. 
but like that's just that's just like how I am. That's what I'm what I'm be. So like, um, I, I started posting stuff on on LinkedIn, especially since we're, I'm very loud and vocal about getting black folks jobs. So I actually started. Um, I think my first couple of posts were around uh, our initiative to help more black people get work, and like I'd always get like a white person in my comments saying like accusing me of being racist for prioritizing black people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, that's kind of just what set me off. Like yeah. I wasn't even trying to grow the following on LinkedIn. I actually was just, was just trying to piss off as many like racist people as possible. Cause like, if you mention black people in a positive light on LinkedIn, you're going to have like a white person accusing you of being racist in the comments, which is just, it's just like pro black is not anti anything. It's just, Pro black, right? Yeah. So, um, but like I started posting, I started getting into like I started seeing like more opportunities. A lot of people started messaging me saying that like my messaging and like you know my content is stuff that they wish that they could say, but they were afraid to. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of posts that I make, a lot of people will message me directly and be like, I can't, I can't like this because my manager's on LinkedIn and they'll see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm sorry, but that's a thing too. We gotta drive, we gotta do it now. But the, the value of a like and what that means and how many people, it's just because they don't like some shit don't mean they don't like some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it all the time. Like, I, I yeah, people be telling me, like, yo, we screenshot your shit and we put it in our group chat. Because we yeah. don't want to like it. But we're like, yo, Jermaine's saying everything that we're thinking. And, like, it, it's, it, it was nice. And um, I just, like, I just decided, like, yo, I'm going to just share my truth and my views on, like, LinkedIn and see like and like you know just see what happens but like we use twitter to help 126 black people get new jobs in tech in 2021 right mm-hmm. and i was like nice, bro. you know what i'm saying and, I, and i'm like i would like i would like and like right now we, we help 77 black people get new jobs in tech this year since 2019 we've helped 355 people and that was with primarily ignoring linkedin and when you think about it that's kind of like backwards because linkedin is the job platform right so it was like let's start like a lot of the people found like content that we produced on on twitter to be extremely helpful to their jobs right so i was like let's just do the same thing on on linkedin and linkedin was actually uh more receptive of our our content than twitter was yeah and within like half within like half a year like when I like uh, when I started posting on Twitter back when I started posting on LinkedIn seriously back in like March, I had like five thousand followers or something. Or something. Like this March, this March, yeah. You went from five to sixty nine since March, bro. Yeah, shit. That's it completely, it completely like jumped my my Twitter, which was like which was extremely surprising. And I'm just like, ah, I'm like, I. Right. And then I found out that like Twitter is actually like the smallest like social media platform comparison mm-hmm. to like LinkedIn and like the Facebook and everything. So um, I got more eyes on my stuff and that was like, like that helped kind of propel things and like help me like kind of like build, build up. And we just, we're just more, we're just, I'm just very mission aligned, mission driven, man. So like, I love it, bro. You know, everything's around like that black perspective. Everything's around that black voice. Everything's around, you know, giving people like us, the opportunity to like have careers that are either worthwhile or have careers that enable us to live lives that we're really passionate about. Right. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of like, I see like a lot of, 
I just saw a lot of like benefits of working within tech, right. That I, that just always seemed like a dream to me, like yeah. working remotely still, like it's, I've been doing it for like three years now, three, four years now working remotely still doesn't like make sense to me. Right. Like it's still, it's still weird. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I worked remotely for a month from Mexico. I worked remotely from Italy. I worked, I worked remotely from from england and it's like that's dope you know what i'm saying like I, sometimes i catch myself and i'm i was like i remember i caught myself in the mirror and i was like yo who the fuck are you like where are you at right now what are you doing and it's like, you know what i'm saying and it's like it's yeah. like, if I, like like even even when i was trying to get into radio my wildest dreams didn't look like anything that i was kind of doing like i think my wildest dream was being like the black larry king right yeah. And like only at that level would I be able to like have the flexibility to like work that I do. But like tech has allowed me that flexibility way like way before I had to like reach a Larry King status. And like that's why I'm like, I want more of us in this space because I want more of us to like be able to like live that kind of life, be able to like yeah. really travel the world, be able to like, especially with the way the economy is and like the, the way that tech salaries are, I feel like a tech salary is probably like one of the few ways you can keep up with this economy, like, yeah. So if, right, I, suck, if I suck with radio, I, I have, I have a very steep uphill battle being living in Toronto, trying to buy a house. Cause we have a housing crisis here. It's yeah. kind of like the same, like New York. Yeah. Right? What was, what was, what was affordable in the nineties? That's not exist right now. Man, hell yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, uh, I had a family in New York. that used to own brownstones. Yeah. Right? And they don't own them no more. And I'm just like, I didn't think a brownstone in Brooklyn could go for like seven, eight mil. Easy right now. Because in the 90s, no one was trying to like, you know, like people yeah. were living here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Brooklyn in the 90s was different. LA in the 90s was yeah. different, right? Toronto in the 90s was different. And, um, you know, it's like, we don't like, we're like, our people are getting pushed out. And like the ones of us that stand a chance of fighting or not getting pushed out of areas that we have established our roots in, you know, are the ones that are working in these high impact sectors like finance, like tech, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's why I want to get as many of us in here as possible because like you, it's, it's, it's extremely hard for anybody to build up generational wealth if the roots are getting uprooted every single time. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a first gen. I'm a first gen Canadian to Jamaican immigrants, right? Wow. They had to like uproot their whole entire life to come here to Canada and start over again, right? Wow. Yeah. I feel like if like I feel like if if I if we're if I'm not successful in like owning something or like like taking advantage of those roots, whoever comes after me is gonna have to like start over again because like. What was the point of our, my parents coming here in the first place just to get pushed out, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, we want to be able to build on top of that success, establish those roots, and like the tech, the tech careers and the tech salaries seem to be like one, like a really good way for us to fight back against this this rising cost of living. Because like, yeah, I don't know many, I don't know any any other career paths where like you can reach a six figure salary in under five years without having to touch the executive level, right? Facts. 
That's all true, bro. And you, you nailed it, bro. Like I'm I'm from the Bronx, bro. And like I said, I've traveled all over the world because of the opportunities that tech has granted me, bro. I worked at Con Line. I'm in the south of France looking at speedboats. I'm on, I'm in London, I'm in Paris, I'm in I went to every state you could think of here in the US, bro. Been in Mexico, all these different places because of what tech has allowed me to do. And I'll come back to the block and people are like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Like, like you're a unicorn. You know what I'm saying? And, and and it needs to stop with that, bro. But the problem is, I think, one, getting us into tech is a problem, but also helping us ascend in tech, bro. Because when my my first perception, when I first got in the industry, I know you probably thought the same way, bro. It'd be We'd be at a conference. It'd be maybe two of us in there. I got to see you across the room. We give each other a head nod, and it's all love. And then you would think the elites, the C-levels, the executives, it was like a closed room. You had to marry in. It didn't feel like you could get there. I didn't feel like I was that type of person to get there. So you have to figure it out on your own, bro. And, and that's and that's how we win is what you nailed. Being your goddamn self, bro. Because then you people like, yeah, to stifle your career. Motherfucker, my, my career is already stifled. Let's keep it all the way a stack. My career is already stifled. I've had to cut my hair to get raises and all types of craziness just to be a person that makes you feel comfortable in the workplace when I was the same person Monday through Friday. You know what I'm saying? So that's for any any professional listening. Like Jermaine just said some real stuff, man. Be yourself, guys. As far as the leverage, tell them what you want. Know what you want to do and what you want to accomplish in this space. And if you be yourself, you make the force the right relationships, you can ascend here. Right. And we have to change that narrative because right now, the way the tech industry is, unfortunately, white professionals get to fail forward and we don't get that opportunity. That's just the reality of it. Because you got to be twice as good to get half as much. Like every I think um, I've talked to black people from all all across the world, like how black people get jobs in Japan, Germany, the United Kingdom, the United States, um, you know, in the Caribbean and everyone that's from a predominantly white country everyone i've had i've helped niggas in france right everyone has no matter what their background is every black person has that that has that talk with their kids or has had that talk with their parents about you know being twice as good and only getting half as much right yeah and like it's just it's just funny because i tell people like black people are a monolith like you know you shouldn't because one black person makes a mistake, you shouldn't go with the assumption that all black people are going to make that same mistake, right? But like, like, you know, we're not a monolith. The black experience is is nuanced, but goddamn, like that shit, that shit is so similar across. Like, you know, like there, what is different is different, but goddamn, when it when when that shit overlaps, that shit overlaps. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying so. It's like so real. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, um, what, what we want to do and what we focus on at Jupiter HR is just making shit more transparent, you know, like. That's all we can do. Exactly. All we can do, bro. I love that, bro. And then before I get you going, I didn't realize you that 50 minutes, bro, because I can have this conversation with you all day, bro. And I appreciate you for being so real and being you, bro. But uh, you. Yo, I've got to ask you, where did the job father title come from? And what was it like seeing yourself in Forbes? Because when I seen you in Forbes, bro, I was celebrating like I was like, yeah, my God. Why <laughs> to you, bro? Because I'm on the same path as you. And I'm like, yo, I know it's going to happen. I've been an ad week and all that other stuff. When I seen you in Forbes, bro, because it's only, it's only a few people that talk the shit like you do. It's you, it's Madison Butler, it's Liz Lieber, it's yeah. a few people. I don't know if you connected with them, but I got those are that's the six. I, I know, I know Madison. That's my girl, that's that's, that's my homie, blue haired unicorn. All you know the deal, yeah. Unicorn. That's my girl. Yo, shout out uh, to Maddie. Now you sis, you already know. I love but, how she's like raw and just like straight up to the point. So, like, 
um, the job father title actually came from like my, my best friend. Right. So it was like, um, it was, it was funny when I was in Montreal, um, I actually like, so prior, like when I, like in Montreal, I actually like watched the Godfather for like the first time. (laughs) And, um, it was, it was, it was, was, you should see it. I watched the Godfather. I fell in love with the Godfather. Um, and then I actually went and I read the book, right. Cause I was just obsessed with everything. And, um, it, it had this whole point about like leadership. Um, I, cause I, I've always wanted to know what, like growing up, I never understood what it took to be a good leader. Right. Some people are like born natural leaders. I, I wouldn't consider myself a born natural leader. I always had like a, a loud voice, but like having a loud voice is not the same as being able to lead. And like, I've always wanted to be a leader. I just didn't know how to like, like, how do you get people to like follow your lead? And watching The Godfather, ironically enough, it taught me what that leadership aspect was. And it was like, like looking at a, like looking at like a community or a group of people, identifying what their needs are and figuring out where you can be to make like to make things a bit easier, to make things more transparent or just, just to be a resource for people to come to. Right. Yeah. But when I started posting on, on Twitter I didn't have an intention of like building up a brand or anything. I just wanted to be a resource black people could come to. And black people were like, you know, um, cause uh, in, in real life, when I was going to networking events, just like you said, yeah. you don't see a lot of black people. You make eye contact, you do the nod. Right. Oh. So I started adding black people to a WhatsApp group. Right. And just connecting them to different opportunities because like, I want, I want to see more of us in here. And I, and I was like, I'd, I'll be that plug. I'll, I'll help people understand how to conquer interviews or how people understand like what recruiters are looking for. Like, you know, I'm a recruiter too. I will be behind the scenes telling you the whole entire play script. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how you have the umpires in in baseball doing the, I was like, that's what I'm going to be like. I'll be like, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) Facts. So it started from there. And like, um, I started real like it, it taught me that like you know being somebody that people come to a resource and like just being there for people, you know, being that plug or or just leveraging your knowledge so people get ahead was how you kind of, was 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 how I learned servant leadership, right? So one of the people that I helped was my best friend, and like my best friend last year was person thirty four out of the hundred and twenty six that we helped. I remember 34 because Shaq is my favorite player of all time. Yeah. And that was his number on the Lakers. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, yo, my late my, my Shaq number is my best friend, right? And like he was um he was working at this this is like 2021. This is like hype was like um this is like pandemic still like we're still experiencing lockdowns in Canada. Like our gyms were closed for like a good year and bit, right? Yeah. My friend was working at a gym. And they laid him off because the, the, the gyms were closed down. And he was like, I need a job. So I helped him get a job. And he was like, he's like, yo, my nigga, like initially, I wanted to get a job to work as like a stopgap, right? So like when my when my real job opens back up, I would just leave this one and and go to this, go to my old job again. But he's yeah. like, he's like, Brethren, you got me an offer that a is remote b pays my entire compensation my salary and my commission what i was what my ote was yeah. the base salary alone 
and I only have to work four days a week? And he's like, he's like, yo, my nigga, you got me an offer. I cannot refuse. You are the job father. And I was like, ooh, I was like, yo, yo, oh. I was like, like, nigga, say that again. And he's like, you the job father. I'm like, oh. Bro, it was, I was like, like, I literally just watched Godfather 2, right? So I was like, like, oh, oh, oh. I was trying to get myself nicknamed my whole entire fucking life. Right? Like, no, 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 peep this. Like, some of the nicknames I've given myself, like, I, I'm a Shaq fan. So, like, I was like, I saw Shaq give himself nicknames. So, I was like, let me give myself a nickname. When I was graduating high school, trying to go into radio, I called myself Audio Chocolate, right? I'm Audio Chocolate, Big Boss, Jermaine Jupiter. I've tried to give myself as many nicknames as I could, and nothing stuck. And this nigga called me the Job Father, and I knew that was the one. I was That's like, the one, bro. That is the one. <laughs> I'm gonna run with that, and like, it was the one. Like, yo, it, 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 it's, it was like, it was like a perfect storm. It was like the universe was like confirming with me, like, yo, this is what I'm supposed to do. What you, you saying, bro? That's a fact, bro. Like, when I saw, and then you have Forbes call you the job father, which is really tough. I was like, yo, bro. That no, was- the the big one. I love the Forbes one, and that like that was a proud moment for me. My mom, my uncles, they were all like, my, my, yeah. they were all going crazy. Like group family group chat was on ten. My mom, my mom was going crazy for it, which I'm super proud of. My my uh, my aunt read yeah. to my grandma in England. It was good, but uh, the Forbes article led to um, me getting featured on Jamaicans.com, which mm-hmm. you know all, all my family on the island were like, yo. journey and how it came about and like you know whatever like you know whatever like we have this saying in Jamaican culture you know what is for you cannot be unfor you right and it's like if you read the book The Alchemist it talks about when the universe wants you to win and you're in tune with the universe miracles happen and I've been so fortunate to you know be in the position that I'm in fortunate with the career that I've had and I'm fortunate enough it feels like I'm in tune with the universe, with the with what my mission is, but also, you know, with um with the kind of like the things that we've been able to 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 like I've been able to achieve. It's only with like God's blessing, and like it's yeah. it all comes back to just being in tune with like what my true purpose is. And it's just funny, like at this point, like get black, helping black people get jobs has become a personality trait for me. Uh, yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way. That's, that's dope, bro. Like, I, I'm going to tell you straight off the bat, bro. Like, I'm inspired by your story. First of all, the 5,069 in five months is incredible. I appreciate you for doing what you do because I look at you the same way, bro. Some of the shit that y'all say, you and Madison, y'all got me started. Like, Madison is the first person who got me on LinkedIn, bro. I saw the blue hair. I saw Quentin with the hat, with the with the fedora. And I'm like, yo, bro, I'm Jared from the Bronx. I'm from the hood. And I'm going to show I'm gonna show these motherfuckers I got something to say, bro. And then and then shit took off, man. And, and I'm grateful for that. So we need people like yourself. We need Maddie. We need all of our personalities combined to show people that we more than this. We more than what you think we are, bro. 
we are so much better than that. We got so much to offer to the table and offer the tech, bro. So I'm rooting for you, bro. I'm proud of all your success, man. I'm glad the opportunity now I could call you my brother and I had you on the show, bro. Real talk. If you need anything, I'm on debt. And, man, like, just I just want to see you do it big in 2023, bro. Real shit, man. Keep doing what you do. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Um, yeah, I love seeing this. Love seeing your growth, too, man. And, and keep up the great work. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, man. And appreciate a shout out to everybody on the check-in, man. Hey, Nikki, uh, Steve, Jordan, everybody. And, yo, we've been growing. We're getting 100 followers, 100 viewers a week on on um, on LinkedIn. YouTube numbers are going crazy. So I want to thank y'all for making 2022, at least making this podcast a highlight of my year. 2022 has been crazy. It's been up. I was up, down, up, down. It's been that. And y'all made this, you know, a staple in my life. And I appreciate y'all. Y'all know how much this shit keeps me going. So I love y'all. I hope y'all have a great happy holidays. 2023, we coming to take shit over. And hope everybody enjoy with their family, bro. So much love, baby. And welcome. Thank you for being on the last episode of the year and the season of More Than a Title, man. I love y'all, man. And see you soon.